1: No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code, program.
2: You're listening to WCET Talk Radio like no other. Hey, late-nighters. Keep up with all things WCET Radio by joining our mailing list. Just go to the bottom of the homepage and fill in the Stay Informed form. Then click the Get Latest News button. You will get everything from guest info and show info and other important station-related information. So sign up now and get a special promo offer just for email subscribers.
3: Late Nighters and WCET radio listeners around the world, listen up. The shop is here. And you can order WCET Radio and your favorite shows, Swag, right now. And show your friends and your neighbors you're awake by wearing one of our many shirts, including our Stop the Censorship shirt. That one is a hot seller, so get yours while supplies last. We have coffee mugs, clocks so you never miss your favorite shows, books, mouse pads, and more coming soon. Just go to WCETRadio.com and click the Shop link. That's wcetradio.com and get to shopping.
2: Pet Connect Plus offers a connection to your pet, living or past, with the use of Tarot. Ruby, the owner and intuitive reader for Pet Connect Plus, will make a connection to your pet for guidance on specific questions in general past, present, and future readings of your pet. A connection with an owner and a pet together will run $55 for 50 minutes, Or a connection with one pet alone is $35 for 30 minutes. What a deal. Pet Connect Plus can be found at PetConnectPlus.com and on Facebook at Pet Connect Plus. Connect with Pet Connect Plus so we can make a connection with your beloved pet to provide them with a fulfilling and rewarding relationship with you. Get connected today. PetConnectPlus.com WCET-FM has just released the app. So now you can take WCET radio everywhere you go. Just go to the Google Play Store and search WCETFM. That's WCET space FM and install it. Then it's ready to go. Oh, and did I mention it's free? Well, it is. WCET-FM. We got the app. Carolina, radio, Columbia.
0: Excellent, excellent. Number one means you're always on top. You're, you're, You're number one radio.
4: Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, around the nation, around the world. You are listening to The Great, The Wonderful, Supernatural Realm on WCETRadio.com. We're here every Tuesday and Thursday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on WCETRadio.com. And, man, I didn't think I was going to be here tonight, but we'll get into that a little later (laughs) on the show once we get to bring our guest in and and, uh, Michael Bayhouse, our co-host. But tonight, oh, man, we have a wonderful guest. Maybe she'll she'll come back on uh, Spookathon. Or, uh, yeah, spook, Spookathon. And uh, maybe, you know, we can talk about her experiences during the Spookathon. We'll have to talk with uh, Lynn about that later on in the show as well. Um, our guest tonight is Lynn Monet. Lynn is a Florida native. She was born in Sarasota, Florida, and raised in Palm Beach County. She currently resides in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. She's a mother of three. She has been a nurse for 35 years. Lynn specialized in medical surgical urology and the last 17 years in geriatrics. Lynn currently works in a management position with a large nationwide insurance company and is now the author, now an author. After the purchase of her dream home, Lynn's enthusiasm quickly turns into a heartbreak and questioning her faith as she fights to protect her children from Unwelcome inhabitants, and we're going to talk about the unwelcome inhabitants and what they what and who they are. Uh, as, as we bring Lynn on the show, so uh, great shout out to Lynn Monet. How are you doing this evening?
3: Hi, thank you so much for having me, Tim. I hope you feel better.
4: Yeah, definitely. I man, it's been a heck of a year, heck of a week, heck of a year. My goodness, I mean, I've been, I've been through so much, it's a one miracle I'm even here today, <laughs> but uh, it's great to have you here. And uh, I'm so excited to talk to you about your your book and your experiences and, 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 the you know, the trauma that you and your family went through after you purchased this home. So I'm very excited to talk about that this evening.
3: Yeah. I'm excited to tell talk about it, too, and share.
4: Michael, you're there with us. So how, how did this all start for you, Lynn? I mean, what, what happened? How did, how did this old paranormal realm supernatural realm as we call it here on the show how did it all start and have you had any prior experiences before purchasing the home well
3: part of the reason why i I wrote the book was because after going through this experience i became acutely aware of how little help real help there is out there for this kind of thing um back in 2005 had gone through a divorce, rebuilt my credit, and I had been looking for a home for over a year. And um, my, my real estate agent called me one morning. Um, a coworker of hers had just come from this house that she had taken pictures of, so it had not even been listed on the MLS yet. And the words that she said to me should have resonated at that time where she said, well, it's in your price range and it's almost too good to be true. Mm. And I guess I should have listened to that.
4: Wow, were you were you had you seen the house prior to moving in, or did you get any yes. sense of uneasiness when you went and um, viewed the home? Well, what happened was is um,
3: the very first time that we went to the house, uh, there was constant problems with the the, the locks on mm. the doors. It's a key piece throughout the story, and um, when the realtor finally was able to opened the door of the house, I went ahead and I just a, a little bit about the house. The house was a 2,400 square foot split level house, which means that you go into a foyer and you either go to descending stairs, which had a family room, double car garage, a 15 by 13 bonus room, or you would go upstairs to the main level, which was a three bedroom, two bath, breakfast, no formal dining room, nice living room, big kitchen. Um, So when she got the door open, finally, I went ahead and I went into the foyer, decided to venture up the stairs to the main level to peek in there. And the the thing about this house, too, is just to back up a little bit, the people that were selling the house had already moved. So Mm -hmm. this house was actually move-in ready. Um, So I, I went ahead and I ventured up the stairs and I caught out of my peripheral vision the the vision of a young man hanging in the stairwell from the wrought iron railing over the descending stairs going to the to the lower level, and um, it it was so real it was as if it, it was solid. And of course, when I looked at it directly uh, with with uh, it, it, when I looked at it directly, there was nothing there. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, why on earth would I even think about? something like that, you know, something so horrible. This house is so great. And I just continued up the stairs, thought that it was a, you know, a fleeting thought. But then I found out later on, after I had moved into the house, the uh, next door neighbor confirmed that in fact, the original owners who built the house, the son did hang himself in that stairwell. Um, And that, you know, he was a, a teenager that hung himself during his parents' divorce. So that was confirmed what I had seen, um, and, and, the, and it all kind of starts there. But again, you know, here I am. I'm looking at this house. This house could easily have been $100,000 more than what it, what it was, what they were asking for. It was on a dead-end street, Florida flat lot half acre lot, for that matter, and um, this is, it was like the best thing that I had seen for the money, and I was just thrilled with the house, I was thrilled with the idea of having the possibility of owning something so nice, so I just, you know, it was one of those fleeting thoughts that I didn't really, didn't really think a lot about, Um, later on that day, I mean, when we finished looking through, I had asked the realtor if I could bring my children back that afternoon, and she agreed to meet me there, so I had gone to pick up my kids, and we came back, and um, of course, my wow. kids are running through the rooms. They're thrilled picking out their bedrooms, and And I'm standing there with the uh, the realtor, and I noticed that now that it has gone on the MLS, so there were several other realtors cards on the counter of people that had come to see it. So, of course, that even urged me to want to make an offer that day even more so, and my kids came up to me, and my daughter said she was 13, my son was 7, asked if they could go downstairs to look at the lower area, and of course, I said yes, and within about five minutes, my 13-year-old daughter comes back up, and she says, Mommy, I do not want to move into this house, and of course, I'm standing there, I thought maybe I didn't you know, hear what she said, so I asked, I said, what did you say, and she's like, I don't want to live here. And I was embarrassed because here I am standing next to the realtor who's been dragging me around for over a year trying to find a house. And here's my teenage daughter stating that she doesn't want to move into this like perfect house. And so I said to her, I said, well, how could you not want to move in here? And she said, there's something about this house that I don't like and I don't want to move here. Mm -hmm. And I should have listened. I did not. I then proceeded to tell her that it wasn't her decision to make and I went ahead and I made an offer on the house and also found that another person had just made cool. an offer on the house the same day All right and All right. Um, so I just uh, said a prayer. I figured, you know if it's meant to be it's meant to be and sure enough the next day I got the call that um, the buyer took my offer.
4: Yeah. yeah Michael, you have a question for for Lynn?
5: I do. I don't know if she's back or not yet, but uh, we'll, we're working on that. You know, the fu- the funny thing is, is that I'm wondering how many times does he still does he still show up? Uh,
3: you the know, young was man. It
5: one of those things was was it just to show up or not? Oh, look, my grandson just walked in.
3: What do you, <laughs> are you are you referencing the young man that was hanging in the stairwell? Diane, I'm sorry, Leslie Watson. My bad. I apologize. I thought that was off. We okay. make sure that it is. Um, are you referencing the young man that I saw hanging in the stairwell? Is that what you're I'm talking here, about? Tim.
5: Hang on.
4: Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. He said hang okay. on. Michael, are you referencing the, the young man that was hung himself in the, the house? Is that who you're referring to?
5: Yes. Yes, that, yes, you know, to yeah. me that's you know, it, as we as we talked about before Tim, we put up pictures that were on uh, WCET of yeah. what, you know what of your, your house,
4: yeah. In yeah.
5: front of your house. Uh-huh. <coughs> what was it lingering in mine? And I just want to know if this you know, she's in the same house, does it still visit the, these the, the different things because it seems to me during those trial times I mean, think about it. I was separate, getting separated right at that mm-hmm. time. You know, these are these were, you know, do these things happen more at trying times in the life? And, you know, if she's in that same house, is he still around? Is uh, she still seeing
4: him? Yeah, Lindy? No,
3: actually, I only spent two nights in the house out of the eight months that I owned it and I sold it.
4: Mm-hmm. Do you think that these things come at a time of, of trauma or personal turmoil and i believe that they
3: are always around however they have a tendency to add their two cents more for lack of a better word during those times they they actually feed on the stress right and the anguish and the sorrow and the anger um that that presents itself during those times and that helps them to be able to exacerbate in such a way that then they can be seen they can leave, um, visual, you know, visible marks on people's bodies and things like that during those times. But they definitely enjoy, they they definitely enjoy the chaos. Yes,
4: Michael, did you?
5: Have oh, one okay. One? That yeah, to me, that you know, I, I didn't know if they could actually uh, um, do do something like that and make the, the visible marks. I, I I was telling Tim before. I'm sorry, we couldn't hear. I don't know what happened, but um, T had pointed out that. I've seen an entity here in my house. We've seen it in in different spots. Um, It's never bothered me, tried to harm me, or anything like that. But it seemed to get attached to my grandson or my my daughter-in-law. And it was just like a giant thing that was around her. And we didn't know what it was. But uh, does the little boy still show up?
3: Um, well, it was a teenage boy. Um, at that time, um, he he presented to me anyway. Um, let's see, two other times. Uh, one of which was during a blessing that was done on the house where he was released. There were actually two demons um, and the young man's soul in that house.
4: How long? How long did when, did you live in a home? Did you did you find out uh, that um, that someone had had? Uh, committed suicide in in your home?
3: Oh gosh, I I owned the house for only um, eight months, and and I only slept in it twice um, during that time frame. Um, so probably probably about four months, and I started asking the neighbors questions mm-hmm. that normally you wouldn't ask your neighbor. And they started some of the the one next door neighbor that told me about the son hanging himself in the house had lived on the street was the first house even before they had paved the road so he was had been living there while it was a dirt road he remembers all of the houses being built on the street but the thing is is I bought the house in March of 2005 and because my children were not getting out of school until May and it was only like an eight-week difference instead of transferring them and taking the risk of having their papers lost or whatever I just wanted to let them go ahead and finish out their school year in their old schools so I commuted back and forth um, to the house to do things. I decided to go ahead and have, you know, some upgrades and some things, some wooden flooring put down and then carpet being taken up. And so during that that time frame, say between March and um, the end of May, we actually only spent two nights in the house.
4: So you were you able to sell the house, or did you have a paranormal team come in and investigate and?
3: I had thirteen different denominations of religion. Mm-hmm. I had a paranormal group from Georgia come up. Um, it was led by Father Andrew Calder, who may rest in peace. Mm-hmm. He has since uh, passed away. Um, and he actually um, he put in the infrared um, cameras, and he he went uh, he came to the house the, the day before he was even going to do the blessing, and walked around the house in the dark and set up some things. But he verified that um, I did have an infestation, and he stated, I learned a lot of things from him, he stated that a house, even a brand new house, mm-hmm. can be haunted because it's not about the house, it's about the ground that it's built on, right. and you don't know what was there before, um, 300, 400 years ago, and he also explained to me that as there is a hierarchy of angels That there is also a sub hierarchy, if that makes sense, going in the other direction of demons. Mm -hmm. And the lower the level towards the other way, the stronger that they are. And he explained that the two demons that I had in the house one was a higher, was a, well, lower, higher um, demon, which um, enabled him to leave bite marks, claw Mm -hmm. marks bruises they can pull hair and as a matter of fact um he the father at that time um s- stated that he was working on three different cases of women who had been uh physically raped by demons
4: any any um any smells of sulfur or any odd smells like that with, with yes. This haunting?
3: yes that sulfur and of like dead body right um and me, being dead body if you've ever smelled it, a, a dead bird or something mm-hmm. that's that's died close to your house you you, you recognize that odor of, of death um, yes uh, when my my daughter's my my oldest daughter's bedroom had this continuous smell of dead body and and, and it was like an eggy smell that mm-hmm. would would linger and I remember I had the car. I mean, you know, I had pulled up the carpets. We were putting the wooden flooring into the rooms, and I thought, you know, maybe somebody had spilled something on the carpet, and and um, it, the smell never went away. So then I thought maybe a mouse or something had crawled in the wall and it died in there. But it's not going to last for six to eight months, and that smell never went away um, in her room. So yes, they do. They do leave smells. Um, I had um, my. Uh, the second the second night that we spent there was the most active, and of course, that was the last night we spent there. That was also the last time that I took my children to the house um, because of the attack. Um, my, my, I, I, There was no furniture in the house. We had gone over. I took two big queen-sized blow-up mattresses and put them on the floor. My kids, they had the little VHS TV player with their movie, and they were watching TV and I had decided to go and paint the master bedroom and um, and we had brought our dog and of course the dog didn't want to come in the house but I picked her up and carried her in anyway and so she kind of nestled in between the kids and after I finished painting the bathroom I went to the kitchen to rinse out my paintbrushes and came back out of the kitchen and as you exit the kitchen to your Right-hand side is where the wrought iron railing connects to the wall to prevent anybody from falling down the descending stairs. And then, of course, the stairs coming up and to my left was a living room and straightforward was a hallway that went down to the, the master bedroom. And as I'm coming out of the kitchen, I see this thing um, shooting up from the lower level Across the, they had uh, double entry doors in the foyer, across the double entry doors, up the stairs in front of me and shot down the hallway. And I stood there paralyzed. I am like, what is that? and i'm just i'm i'm trying to make sense of it because it didn't make sense and i'm trying to say oh wow you know i don't have uh window dressings on the windows maybe a motorcycle for right. something to be that size when under a, a street light but yet it didn't make sense because it couldn't have come solidly like that up the stairs across the, i mean there w- it was impossible yeah. it was impossible so i 'm standing there, and i 'm freaked out and this th- this thing is just headed down the hallway, and all of a sudden I hear my dog growling mm. and um, so that kind of broke me out of my my state because now I wanted I knew that you know something had gone down there, and I wanted to go and see what my dog was growling at and I had a schnauzer, and she was just fixated. she was standing on the inside of the room, facing the doorway into the that led into the hallway, and I of course came into that doorway and she had her hair up on. I've never heard her growl like that. It right. was just it was she I mean fangs glaring everything, her um, hair raised up on the back of her back. and I kind of pet her to try to soothe her as I came in, and she only she put her ears back for a second, but she would not take her eyes yeah, off she, that. she didn't there, she didn't
4: want no part of it. Animals animals seem to know when when something's not right, especially if there's a a, a severe haunting. Um, we, we had, my team and I had, had cases, uh, one in particular where, um, the, uh, it was a duplex we investigated and Mm -hmm. the, one of the tenants that lived on the side we were investigating, he had a Ouija board and those. (laughs) things, things broke loose and I guess he got freaked out and he took his stuff and moved to the other side. Well, after he moved to the other side, new tenants moved in and they were having all kinds of problems and they called they had called my team and i up we went down there and you know we my psychic said you know this thing's going back and forth into the from one side of duplex in the attic crawl space to the other and as as soon as we went upstairs to the main the main bedroom upstairs we opened up that crawl space and they had they had a um a, a, a a pit bull and as soon as we opened that crawl space that pit bull let out a growl like you wouldn't believe in a whimper she did not want us to open that crawl space whatsoever
3: i totally get that i you know they they do have sensory my dog just about dug holes in the walls trying to find ways to get out of that house but the thing was is is when i entered into the room and and the dog was doing that my children were both sleeping and i'd gone taking a shower kind of crawled in with them but i Said to my daughter, when we woke up the next morning, I said, how did you sleep? And she said, I didn't. She said, I felt like something was standing in the doorway staring at me all night long. And when my son got up, he had also taken a shower the night before. He had on his little Thomas engine shorts and and, and short sleeve shirt on. And he had bite marks on his legs. He had bite marks in three places on his legs. And I'm like, um... You've got bite marks on your legs and, and I, my dog wasn't one prone for biting and, and her mouth would have been larger than these bite marks. They, they, um, there were three of them, one on each leg in the thigh area and one towards the calf. There were two of them on the right leg. And, um, but they looked like dog bites. The imprints of the teeth were, it was purple like bruises, so they weren't like fresh. You could actually count the teeth. Um, and it was upper and lower teeth where he had been bitten, and he, he was touching them, and he said, I, I don't know. And I said, well, you know, w- did Sally bite you? And he said, no. And I said, well, were you playing with your dinosaur? But, you know, what, his dinosaur wasn't even there. So it's like, um, I'm like, how did you get these bite marks? So uh, af- after that point, um, you know, things started to unfold, and a lot of Really, really bad things happen, um, but we didn't spend any more nights there after that.
4: Michael, did you have a question for, for Lynn?
5: That, that that I've noticed, and you said this, that there some of them are extremely violent and stuff. Um, what do you do with somebody that's not afraid of them, like me? I They don't bother me. I, I don't know why. It, it's it's like I've always, uh, and of course I've, I've had a couple of psychics tell me, don't confront them, don't do this, don't confront them. Yeah, you know what? I've never been afraid of them. I know they exist, but I'm not afraid of them, and I, I don't know why. I always felt like that if they can touch me, I can touch them. Um,
3: that's why and, they don't bother you. Huh? Because that's why they don't bother you because you are not afraid. It's not fun for them to be around somebody that they can't freak out and scream so that they can empower so that they can um, you know empower themselves and gain energy from that negative response. You know, um, and that's, that's why they don't. See, I am not afraid of them either. I, I learned after being around them so many times that I've actually been able to see interdimensionally, which has come in very handy with my work as a nurse and people passing over. So, yeah, my next book is actually on that um, to help bring some comfort for people. But um, that's why they don't bother you. It's more fun to bother somebody that's going to scream and run off than to you know freak out somebody try to freak out somebody that's not not going to let that happen.
4: Lynn, do you, do, you, do, you, do you think that you may have some sort of uh, abilities where these things are attracted to you and and that you can they know that you have you can see and feel a sense them?
3: Is I that- think well when I was a little girl, um, I had the ability to see interdimensionally, which mm. most children do between right. newborn and age five. Right. You know, they, they're, they, the filters are are effaced and, and, and older people on the flip side, the filters also efface and they're able to have glimpses into the other side or, or interdimensionally. Um, it, of course, being raised back in the in the early '70s, mm-hmm. uh, you know, your parents didn't want it to, the information to get out in the neighborhood right. that you had one of those kids, you know, always the Joneses, the proverbial Joneses, what they would think, and so it was squelched within within the house. And um, then as I got a little bit older, around age ten um the traditional religion kind of squelched it because um i was made to believe that that there was something wrong with me and that what i was seeing was all demons whether it was good or bad and of course the the um the demon thing and the going to i was going to go to hell because i had this ability The going to hell thing scared the bejesus out of me so i purposely would ignore it. And for years and years, I I, I ignored it. I'd still little glimpses would come through every once in a while. It was nothing ever like pink elephants on the wall. It was people or even animals. Um, They had different things that I could could see, but I would ignore them so that I would appear normal. And I I completely stopped talking about them when I was about 10. But being in the situation with this house, it just reopened everything. And being an adult, um, I didn't care what what religion thought or what other people's opinions were about you know my ability um and seeing these spirits over and over it is fascinating to them to to know that somebody can can see them um they they you know they will approach but um I just uh yeah, yeah, I I, yeah. I do have a gift, and I do think that they they do come around yeah. more
4: because of that. Because of the, my 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 little niece just turned eighteen a few weeks ago, and uh, I've known since she was born that she there was something very special about her, and uh, that that she had these maybe she's a you know I'm thinking maybe she's a crystal child or that you know she has these abilities that I believe now she suppresses because. Of her faith, and because of how her, how her mom was raising her uh, with with her Christian faith, and she's suppressing those abilities, and now now I think those 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 things scare her, so she kind of suppresses it, and she doesn't want to connect with it. And I, I I believe that she's doing herself a disservice by you know suppressing these abilities because these abilities are a part of who she is, and the longer she suppresses them, the more they're going to try to play you know wreak havoc with her. Uh, because uh, yeah, they, she's meant to have these abilities opened up.
3: I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and the thing is, is they do open up. They they lay dormant for a little while during mm-hmm. puberty, right. um, for some reason, and then they just pop mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like between eighteen and twenty one, sometimes sixteen, uh, as early as that. Um, and it's not that they don't see things in between that, but it just it just comes back full force. And um, I totally agree with you. And it's unfortunate that um, traditional religion does not support things that are are different because these are gifts that right. we have. And um, and yeah, I and mean, you're 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 right. You're you're dead on with that.
4: Michael, you have a question for Lynn?
5: Yeah, I. I, I uh, you know, when you when you look at it and you, and you go back, uh, I'll say it again. God, there the spiritual gifts. If the Bible acknowledges it, if the Bible acknowledges exactly. demons, if the Bible acknowledges the devil, if the Bible acknowledges that stuff, and it's very clear in there, okay, uh, spiritual gifts and everything else. There's not a doubt in my mind. That's it, it's even said under seers, under prophets, under you know, um, certain people will have. Certain gifts. I believe that there's a reason for those gifts so <clears throat> You could question them and people can say well, you're gonna go to hell or you're gonna do this Says who? Because it's in the Bible. It's there
4: Exactly, right, you know,
3: the funny thing was is when I I, I was in denial for the longest time and of course Of course my children and their friends and my dog saw the things before I did over and over and um, when I finally couldn't deny it anymore after seeing the young man, um, in addition to that 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 wolf, whatever that thing was that came up the stairs, um, I also saw the young man coming up the stairs one day when I was there in the hallway, and he was so solid. I thought, you know, I, I saw him out of my peripheral vision, and I thought that someone had actually walked in the house, and I hadn't heard them knocking, so when I turned, I said, I said, did you knock, and then I realized you know, that there was nothing there, but I mean I, I could tell you he had on jeans, he had on a white Oxford shirt, his hair was brown parted down the middle, I mean I could describe him as if he was solid, and so I couldn't deny anymore um, that that there was not an issue in the house, and I and I and here I had just signed on the dotted line for a 30 year mortgage, you know, you don't always have, it. people say to me, oh, well, if I had seen that thing in the very first thing, I'd have been out of there. But you don't always have that option. And um, so I, I decided to turn to religion, and I, I I got out the Yellow Pages, and I went down every single church <laughs> in that Yellow Pages. Most of them referred me to the Catholics, some of them told me that if I had been attending their church I would not be having this problem. <laughs> yeah, right. And then there was and there was the other group that because I, you know, I told them I was a single mom and and, and they automatically assumed that I was promiscuous and that oh, wasn't goodness. true either. I hadn't even been out on a date in like 4 years. I was focusing on my kids. And so these are the things that they came back with and their slogan is what would Jesus do? Well, <laughs> yeah. Jesus would have Jesus would have helped me. But I understood that they were human and clueless as to what to do. So the the best way to come back is, uh, you know, with a good defense in their mind, so that they could get off the phone with they get off the phone with the crazy lady. So, um, you know, it just, yeah, it it religion, you know, plays such a part in in um, kind of uh, keeping these gifts and things that people have at bay, so to speak.
4: Yeah. I, I had I was I was seeing a a, a girl, and uh, her family was Pentecostal, and for some reason her father thought that I needed church more than he did, <laughs> and he, I was supposed to go to uh, Wednesday service or Wednesday Bible study, and he didn't have to, because I needed it more than he did, and it's it's weird how how they say that you know they they say among themselves that you're not to judge one another, but yet. They're the biggest biggest hypocrites of, of judgment. <laughs> so.
3: That is very true. That's very true. It is, especially in a time of need like that. I mean, who knew? You know, you had asked me about um, selling the house, and most people ask me this question, which is not one that I've answered on the radio before, so this is a juicy tidbit, and it's not in my book either. Well, yes, it is in my book. But um, when, when I finally decided to sell the house, it took me, I had four different sets, uh, four different people that came in to do the renovations, and the first three wouldn't stay past the afternoon, Um, a couple of them, uh, one of them left his DeWalt tools behind, and nobody ever wanted to be paid, they just didn't want to come back, but um, so when I finally got the house renovated and um, was able to Put it up for sale. Uh, First, a couple came with children, and this lady and young man really wanted the house. Um, They had uh, they had children. She had grown up in the neighborhood. It was a similar style house to the one that she grew up in, and she wanted the you know the nostalgia of it and things like that. But then, when their three little kids they had four children, the fourth one was not with them, and the three little kids go downstairs. They come up with with eyes like deers in headlights, and the little girl says. Jimmy can have the creepy room. So I realized in that moment that I could not sell the house to someone with children because I didn't want to have what was done to me um, done to them. And I might also add that when, when um, the people that were selling the house, I was told that they had moved out of state that he had transferred to a new job and that was the reason that they were anxious to sell because he was living, you know, he was having to pay for the two homes and uh, he had to transfer because of his work. But when the actual closing came, it turned out that the people had only lived moved like 15 minutes away, 10, 15 minutes away to their in-law's house. They were still working at the same place. And during the closing, the wife would not look me in the face she would not make eye contact with me she stared at her feet yeah the whole time and i said to her i was trying to get her attention i was even kind of bending sideways trying to get her to look me in the face and i said to her i said oh i'm going to put some wooden flooring in and she said that's what we wanted to do
4: oh so she was trying to tell you that you know that you know whatever was there didn't want uh didn't permit you to make any changes in the house it's that's it's strange too that you know when you bought the house they left everything there. They didn't take well, I mean,
3: they, they took all of their furniture and stuff um, out, but I found out from the neighbor uh, that the man that had also um, confirmed that the young man had hung himself in the house, the same neighbor. He had told me that they had owned the house for a year, but they actually only lived in it physically for six months.
4: Uh, yeah, that's, that's funny. Michael, do you have a question? Yeah,
5: I've had a couple of friends that actually hung themselves inside houses and stuff. Um, And I don't know if Brian's parents are still there or Aaron's. It's uh, good friends of mine. Uh, It's a very sad event. So I can understand how it can definitely draw back, Um, especially with traumatic times and stuff like that. I guess my question is, is that... How long, do, w- will they always stay there? Is there something that will drive them to to leave or to get settled? Because, you know, as much as everybody wanted to criticize you and go over this stuff, this stuff was needed, and it's in this world. There's a reason God has everything. So right. is there anything that actually settles them? Because I've heard people tell me before that on, let's say, Indian land or some other lands or whatever, these things can be around for great, vast amount of time, great periods yes. amount of time.
3: Yes, and again, it's it's about what happened on the ground. A, a lot of times, you know, a soul will choose not to cross over for one reason or another. Maybe they have a, have a loved one, you know, that, needs to be watched over, but then the loved one passes on and they're still stuck here because they lose their way or they have a dog or maybe they, you know, maybe they have a a wife and a girlfriend up there and they don't want to cross over because the two didn't know about each other until now and, he, you know, the guy doesn't want to show up there, but <laughs> um, anyway, I, I told you know it happens. They have reasons for choosing to be here. A lot of times, it's it's because of their belief and their faith. When they passed away, that that they're going to go to hell. And in the case of the young man in that house, I spoke outwardly to him and I told him. I said, you know, you 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 know you, you don't have to stay here. You know you can be forgiven for whatever that it is that you've done if you if you ask for it. And um, I'm going to get you know I'm going to give you the chance to leave. And I told I spoke out loud and I had made mention that the priest was coming and that he would have his chance to exit at that time. And unfortunately he didn't choose to leave at that time. It was a later um, blessing on the house with an, an Indian lady that he he ran out the the back door right past me. He ran so fast. That um, I mean, uh, while she held the de- the two demons that had been had been um, you know heckling him for lack of a better word all of this right. time, and I truly believe that those two demons were there before, and that they were uh, were they attributed to his demise. I, I really just,
4: really feel that. I, I was just gonna say, you know, that sounds like you know something to mark that that, that you know triggered him to, to do those things. Play with his they daughter, held him
5: hostage, basically. Yeah, That's uh-huh. what they did. Yeah.
3: Yes, I and mean, I believe that they, that, that they it, were the, the turning point that also made him hang himself.
5: Yeah, they, they basically held him hostage. And in order to get closer to him because he was such an innocence or because he gave off, such a emitted such a good light, a good heart, they basically goaded him into it. And with everything going on, it was probably not hard talking into his ear with divorce going on and everything else. Mm-hmm. So, and they and and I honestly, I wholeheartedly believe that that <clears throat> these things can exist. And they, unless you're very strong of mind, uh, uh, you know, or a huge faith in Christ and and God, um, I believe that is what protects you a little bit more than the average. Like you said, they're not fun to. They're not going to mess with you if you're not fun. So,
4: exactly. yeah, they they want somebody that they can manipulate and control. And if and if they can't get that control, you know, maybe sometimes they leave you alone. If you're, you know, they they know they know the weak. If you're not, you know, sometimes if you're not strong in your faith or re- strong in your your religion, that that can kind of leave yourself open to maybe an attack like that.
3: Um, I I I think that faith has. You know, a, a a lot to do with it. I know that it definitely tested mine during that time, right. and it was very much so questioning of of my faith. You know, especially after being turned down by so many um, churches that, you know, you know, I, I you would think that they'd want to jump on the chance to prove their you know their superiority, since it's it's all of you know all of their them are going to heaven, but nobody else is. So. You know, but then they turned their back on me again and again, and and all I had was prayer, you know, between God and I. and um, you know it, I, I I was very strong in my faith at the time that i I got involved with that house, and I don't know if my purpose for being there was to have the young man be released from his bondage could have very well been Mm -hmm. i kind of wish the god had picked a different way to do it because (laughs) you know signing on a 30-year mortgage and then having to turn around and sell a house you know within and being a single mom with kids um you know it it, the whole thing um it was it was very difficult to to deal with and Mm -hmm. you know if i i people ask me too about how could i have sold the house well you know the truth of the matter is is the people that Ended up buying the house from me. Um, we, we were, it was a cash buy. Um, we were getting ready to leave. We were coming down the <clears throat> the main stairs into the foyer area to exit out the front door, and I overheard the wife say to the husband, "Why did you push me?" And he said, "I didn't push you." And he, she said, "Yes, you did." And he said, "No, I'm three steps back from you. I didn't touch you." And I immediately knew what they it was with because. Him. Yeah, so when they came out the door, I mean, I couldn't not say something, you know, I couldn't live with myself by not, and I came out and I said to them, I said, uh, do you believe in ghosts? And they said, nope, we're Baptist, we don't <laughs> talk about those things, we don't, you know, entertain any of that stuff, and we're protected, and they didn't want to hear it, so I'm like, okay, you know, and if they had asked me, I would have told them the truth.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You I, know, I would. Yeah. I had a a, a a friend of mine. Um, well, he wasn't a friend of mine, but I knew him as a neighbor. Mm-hmm. He um, he died in the the apartment below me, or two apartments below me here. And I I know that that apartment has to be uh, there has to be a presence in that apartment because you know you know Mark passed away in there. And I asked I asked the one <coughs> the woman that moved in. <coughs> After after the place was cleaned out, and uh, re- re- remodeled and stuff, I asked her. I said, do you know, do you believe in the supernatural? Do you believe in you know, uh, hauntings and stuff? And she's like, nope. And I'm like, well, I gotta tell you, there's the, the the guy that lived here before you died in this apartment. She goes, well, I don't I don't believe in that. So <laughs> I said, okay, that's good. <laughs>
3: Yeah, well you know when somebody does pass away it does leave a, a portal and sometimes right. things can come back and forth with that and that's kind of why it's a good idea not to move in some place where somebody's died and you know and if if you're if I've told my children if ever something happens to me and I'm start passing please stick me in the hospital or in hospice or somewhere don't let me die in the house. But um you know and, and that is that is so true and some people are not as sensitive as yeah. others. Um and maybe they might not notice it, but, but having those things around, they exacerbate illnesses and things like that. I had uh, um, one of the workers that had come um, and, a, and a friend, one of them had had Meniere's disease that had been in re- remission for years. And as soon as he came to the house and left, the very next day, he had, he had the dizziness and ringing in his ears so bad that he had to go seek treatment. And then he came back about, <clears throat> excuse me, about a week later after it was all balanced out and lo and behold, he had to leave because it started while he was there. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, um, it just, they it, it's not good to be around that kind of negative energy. I mean, they mess with your sleep. When they mess with your sleep, then you become depressed. Then you get, Anxiety. you know, from the depression and lack of sleep, you know, physical things start happening with your body and it's just just not a good idea.
4: Michael? Yeah,
5: I, I I can't agree more. I mean, that's that's one of the things. I've, I've, uh, I I know from experience, when you are started off, when you started to notice, I mean, obviously, the little boy, uh, no question about it. You can't make a mistake on those things. Um, what about seeing shadows? Seeing things out of the corner of your eye, and you've had to do like a double take, um, deja vus, uh, different things, because I, I think that some people are more sensitive to it and I, how do you, how do you feel about that? Because I know I have, and Tim has said that he has, we've had deja vus. I've, I've definitely seen things out of the corner of my eyes, taken a look and I'm like, okay, where'd it go? Um, <clears throat> just different events that have happened. So did you find that you, you were having these feelings even before you saw the little boy?
3: Um, well, that was my first time entering into the house, even, um, you mean prior to even going to look at the yeah, house prior is to that buying that,
4: yeah prior to uh, looking at the house did you have, have you had yes. any experiences prior to that
3: yeah well yes but you know as I said too um, I, I kind of tried to ignore them for many many years but yes I would see shadows the thing is is I see them like they're in live shadows. color so in my peripheral vision and I have seen shadows before but more so I see them fully as they are um, like even that you know that thing that that went up my stairs. I mean, it was it was a dull brown color. It had fur on it. It had a narrowing to its nose, almost uh, almost like a um, like a wolf thing, it, but it had more of a narrowing to shame. its nose and it had large openings um, that it, that almost took up the whole part of his face. I can see them that clearly.
5: Mm-hmm. Lem- can I ask one more question? Did it change shape as it moved?
3: No, it stayed consistent. It, um, and, and that was, just, it, it, it was up on its haunches. Um, it had a long tail, almost like a squirrel tail, and it had ears that were long like rabbit ears, only they were on not on top of the head. They were on each side of the head, turned backwards, almost like the FTD man. And it they were it was small-shouldered and kind of hunched but its feet were moving so rapidly below its body that you all you could see was the fluttering as it came up the stairs and shot down and of course I could smell the sulfur at that time too Kind of
4: like a werewolf type of entity Like a what? Tim,
3: yes.
5: That's almost was, the perfect description of, of, of what I what I had sent before, remember? Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. With, with that picture.
4: Yeah.
3: Where's, yeah, where's it's a, it was at? called um a hell dog um, um oh. or a hellhound.
4: Or a hellhound. Um, they yes. do
3: exist. Yeah, and they're they're. Um, when I had the Indian lady come into the house, um, she spoke of a lot of things in reference to tunneling and um, the location of the mm-hmm. house. She also pointed out a house that was catty corner across the street and said, "I bet that one's haunted too because that, of the ley lines." Pardon me.
4: That could be tied to the land.
3: Yes, it was tied to the land, and she told me. She said, if your house had been built three feet over from where it was, it wouldn't be haunted. But apparently, my house, where it was built, was a disruption of whatever tunneling or pathways, energetically or however it works, um, that they were using. And they, um, because of the split level, the house, the lower part of the house was probably three quarters underground. And there was a fireplace, there was a stone fireplace, and they have a tendency to really like those two because they can energize off of the natural energy within the stones, um, in my experience anyway. And, you know, they like fused boxes, they like hall- places that they don't get moved around too much like hallways and stairwells and yeah. stuff like that too. But, um, yeah, it, it, it that is what that is what um, she had told me. And she, she was right because... It was rental property that was catty corner across from mine. In the eight months that I lived there, three families, you know, maybe even four families moved in and out of there. So, and that's just not normal. Mm.
4: Michael, we got about uh, we got about four minutes left. Is there anything that you'd like to say or ask?
5: Yeah, I, you're going to be back on Thursday, correct?
4: Yes, and I'd love to do that
3: spookaroo thing that you're talking oh, about. Or whatever, We'd love time. to have you on. Uh, We'd
5: love
4: awesome. to have you on as a guest.
5: I'll I tell you what. The dog thing that you said it looked like a furry dog thing, um, yes, yeah, I gotta know <laughs> I mean Tim we'll have to pull that one picture up. I just want to know if it looked just like that I because I, I want to know if these entities can look a lot alike
3: that's, I, I could tell what you I'm I actually curious. drew a picture of they, it as well, but it disappeared, and even in the writing of my book, I had to rewrite it three times because the actual transcripts of it totally disappeared two times until I was. I finally put it in an SUB drive with a cross on it, and that held it. And in my book, each and every one of those pages are blessed. I had them blessed by a priest, and there's a cross at the bottom of each of the pages because I didn't want to bring any kind of that woo-hoo negativity into right. anybody's homes.
4: Yeah. We're going to have to let you go, Lynn. Uh, it, it's been phenomenal. Okay. Uh, What's the title of your book again? If uh, people have any questions or like you. um, It's
3: Omnipresent by Lynn Monet. There are several Omnipresents, but it's the one by Lynn Monet. It has a white door with creepy hands coming through it, which is an actual event that occurred in the house when my son was in the bathroom. So um, please look for it. It's it's interesting. It's also a self-help section in the back if you're in a situation that you think might be um, haunted.
4: Yeah, we'd love to have you on for the our annual spookathon on the 31st of October. We'll, we'll I'll talk to you more on that, maybe send you some more information on that or you know get get talk to you prior to uh Thursday show. Michael, you have anything in closing? We got to go. We got to give the server up to Michael.
5: Yeah, I'm You know what? I want to definitely want that link uh, uh on that book. I I want to get that book. I want to uh, you know, so I'll contribute to the cost, but I want to get your book. So, um okay. Amazon have it? Did you say? I'm, I, I couldn't it, understand you real well.
3: It, it is on Amazon. Um, if you have any problems with the Amazon, you can also contact me at omni.the.book at gmail.com. But Omnipresent does, um, Amazon does have it in paperback and um, digital. But you know what? If you just forward me your email, I'll send you a copy, okay? Then that way you can read. Also, I'll send you a picture of the house because you can actually see a face looking out of the kitchen window.
5: Oh, I want that. Okay. Yeah. Yep. You know what? Thank you. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Tim's got my, uh, he's got my information too, but you are awesome. I can't wait to be back <laughs> on, on Thursday. I'm kind of excited about this. So that is like thank really, so really, really cool. And I just, I, I've always known this and I think that you're awesome. I can't thank you enough for coming on and joining us. So thank you. What an well, honor.
3: So much, um, t- Tim, I'll send you a copy to y'all can, um, Maybe glance through it and uh, see what you think.
4: That'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll, we'll be in touch for the Spookathon. I'd love to have you back okay. on for that as well.
3: Well, I haven't been right. booked yet for Halloween night, so yeah, you'll be the you'll be the first one that to, to gets to dibs. So
4: okay, great.
3: <laughs> okay, thank you so much for having me. i really enjoyed oh, this. I, we enjoyed, um, you enjoyed too. meeting both both uh, you know Mike and Tim, and um, yeah. Keep in touch, and I'll I'll send that book over to you in just a few minutes.
5: All right. Absolutely, God. Listen, thank you so much. You're an honor. What a what a privilege. Thank you so much.
3: Oh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. You, I, I'm I'm honored as well to be on your show. <laughs>
4: <laughs> thank you so much. Well, guys, we got to go, and uh, Limonay will be back with us. On supernatural realm, this coming Thursday, seventy nine p.m. Eastern, right here on WCTRadio.com dot com and on the WCT FM app, available on Google Play. Take us out, Michael. All right, folks, listen.
5: Don't forget. Go on. <clears throat> we've got the Spookathon going on on October thirty first. Go over to Amazon. Go check out her books. Okay. You know what? It takes a lot of time, and when you're going through that, and she has that experience, she has that that wisdom and she has just that amazing power uh, it's a rare gift and it's a gift make no mistake about it what an honor to have her on Lynn thank you so much again um, wcetradio.com so go on down scroll down do a contribution if you want to get merchandise you can get merchandise there make your money go farther or you can get a subscription which opens you up to 10 years plus worth of archives don't forget! Right after us, I believe, is Michael Vera. Late night in the Midlands. Uh, is that correct, Tim? I am that, is, correct. that
4: is correct. Michael Vera for late night in the Midlands, right here on WCT Radio, nine to midnight Eastern. The great Michael Vera. Good night, everybody. Thank you, Lynn, for coming on. It's uh, been an honor. And uh, wow, I'm looking forward to Thursday.
3: Thank you, Lynn. Okay. Are we off the radio?
4: I got. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. ending. I'm ending the show right now.
3: Okay.